Hi, welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael Lidlong, Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Unity Wealth Management, and thanks for joining us again this week uh, for uh, last week today, uh, where we talk about everything in the markets going on, what's coming up. Uh, and there's a bunch of things going on today, obviously, if you've been following the news. <clears throat> so let's jump into things. As always, keep in mind that uh, Everything that we cover on here is for information purposes only, uh, educational purposes. Uh, do your own due diligence or reach out to a professional. You can always reach us at mikeonmoney.com. We're happy to answer any of your questions, talk about uh, any strategies uh, or techniques that you might want to apply in your portfolio or uh, other ones that uh, might apply specifically to your situation. So always go there and, uh, and let us know your thoughts, let us know your questions. And we're happy to help out, especially if you listen to this on the recordings on YouTube or uh, the podcast. Uh, if you're listening in, just go to mikeonmoney.com and we can help out uh, in any way that you need. Uh, with that, we always do a quick COVID update. Not a lot to talk or not a lot that I'm going to talk about on the, uh, the COVID update uh, really from last week. Uh, obviously, things are progressing on the reopenings and lifting of the restrictions, which is great. Um, you know, what does that mean? Who knows? Uh, you know, the schools are starting to lift some mask mandates in BC. They're starting to give out the the uh, rapid test to, to kids to take home for, for the students. And their, um, but all in all, pretty much what we're seeing around the world is more and more, <coughs> excuse me, restrictions and testing being lifted. Travel for Canada, of course, you don't need the PCR test as of March 1st. <clears throat> the uh, do remember it's March 1st because I've actually heard some people <clears throat> trying to travel uh, and uh, getting caught that the rule does not apply to March 1st. But March 1st, you uh, you'll need the rapid test to to uh, to come back to Canada, the same as if you're traveling to the U.S. So just you know, again, my only uh, my only comments on the updates is stay on top of what the rules are if you are traveling. <clears throat> excuse me, especially uh, depending on where you're going, the rules can be different in many different parts of the world and they can change on a dime. So try to stay on top of them. So with that, let's move into what's going on in the economy. Uh, we are looking at the home price index for December coming out here shortly. Uh, <clears throat> see those U.S. numbers come out. U.S. Conference Board is uh, getting together to look at the uh, consumer confidence for February to see where that's lying. Home Depot's uh, going to be uh, reporting their results. So Lowe's, both the big US um, home renovations, I guess, or home uh, supplies, home building supplies uh, shops are reporting this week. So we'll keep an eye on that. Stock futures fell this morning. They were actually looking pretty good yesterday. I know the markets in North America were closed. They were looking fairly well yesterday, but of course, Bit of reversal on that uh, with uh, Vladimir Putin coming out and ordering troops into breakaway areas of the Ukraine, declaring that they're independent from Ukraine and, and that they can go in there. Um, you know, obviously brings on fear of war or conflicts. Uh, and, and with that, oil prices jump. The actual oil stocks uh, are off a little bit this morning, but the oil price is up. So a little disconnect, but uh, we'll probably see that um, See that come back into line again. Um, markets are selling off a bit this morning, uh, basically with uh, Putin's uh, order to kind of maintain the peace, uh, you know, going as peacekeepers, but sending the troops into an area where there's no conflict, of course, 
uh, is not necessarily keeping the peace. So uh, I will say, I know uh, just before I was uh, getting set up for today, because um, I am at a temporary spot, as you know, we're doing renovations in the office, um, that uh, Biden was uh, going to give an update as well. So uh, that is probably happening live right now, or just finishing up live, and uh, we'll have an update for you uh, next week. Or you'll probably see it later today. Uh, other things going on in the market, Tesla software allows for quick fixes. So if you follow in Tesla, uh, they've had a couple of recalls, a couple of um, issues around some of their safety features in the vehicle, specifically braking, some a little bit with the self-drive and also some concerns uh, you can uh, you can turn your horn to make different noises, sometimes rude noises and a lot of complaints. And anyway, uh, uh, Tesla has the ability to um, do updates remotely on the car. So they send out a software fix, just like you would get an update on your phone or your computer. Uh, it gets sent into the Tesla vehicle. The update happens and done. You don't have to take your car in. They don't have to you know, pay technicians uh, to work on the vehicles one by one. Uh, so a lot of car manufacturers are really envious, envious of that. Uh, and more and more are coming out with features like that. Basically the cars can self-diagnose themselves and fix themselves in a lot of cases, um, but a little dystopian that we're heading down that route. And, and that's kind of the real reason when we look at vehicles today and why we're seeing such a shortage on the new vehicle market um, is because of the amount of computer and hardware that's in there, the amount of microchips that are in those vehicles. Uh, and that's where you know the big bottleneck is to get more new vehicles off off the assembly line these days. So more and more we're seeing that, not just from Tesla, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, especially the more luxury brands, but, uh, you know, give it a few years and, and almost every vehicle is going to go that route. Because if you think about it, uh, the more we move to EV or the electronic vehicles, electric vehicles, um, the less and less you have to go in for maintenance because electric vehicles don't have, you know, the necessarily oil changes or, air filters or, you know, transmission, uh, all these different things, fan belts, right? There's no radiators. Um, their maintenance is much, much lower, which means you're going to take your vehicle in less and less. So something we'll keep watching. Uh, the UN pact um, may restrict plastic production was big oil pushing against. Uh, so if you're not aware, oil is a big component in making plastics and or oil byproducts are. So, uh, so they're pushing back, but the UN is really pushing forward a, uh, you know, the United Nations members are, uh, are set to meet next month in uh, Nairobi uh, to draft up a blueprint of how we can manufacture less single-use plastics, excuse me, uh, which, um, you know, really when we look at plastics and if you dive into the recycling of them and how much we use them and reliance on them, um, really, that's the only reason, only way to reduce, you know, plastic waste around the world, because uh, what you throw into your recycle bin isn't necessarily getting uh, recycled. I won't get into stats because I'm not a specialist in that area, but I do, you know, if you are interested in it, go, go do some research. A lot of what you put into that recycle bin is not recycled or is not even recyclable. Um, you know, it all has to do with contaminations, different types of plastics can't be mixed with others, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so the only real way to reduce plastic waste is to reduce um, the manufacturing of it or our use of it. So, so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with out of that. 
Obviously, big oil is going to be putting pressure to delay that as much as possible, but uh, we'll have to see. Uh, other uh, other news out there, uh, the U.S. execs home sales are, are set to accelerate, as I mentioned. We're looking for those, those numbers. Um, but uh, this is pushing out the first-time home buyers, which is not a big surprise because uh, depending on where you live, especially Vancouver, even Toronto, uh, the prices have gotten to a point where how are first-time buyers getting into the market, especially without any you know, family or financial help to, to, uh, to, to get into the markets. Uh, the valuations have soared in the, in the last, <clears throat> well, almost 20 years, but certainly in the last few years. At a, at a crazy rate. So as we see that continues, uh, more and more areas are being affected by those kinds of valuations. Uh, the Federal Reserve is adopting a strict trade-in rules uh, or looking to adopt a strict trade-in rules uh, after some ethical scandals. <clears throat> so the Federal Reserve had some, you know, some trading scandals uh, last year around some senior officials trading kind of ahead uh, of, of, of their discussions or the release of the discussions. But this is a bigger issue, uh, not just in the, in the US government, uh, but in any government. <clears throat> I mean, we talk, we've talked over the last year a lot about the, the, the Senate and Congress, um, you know, trading in their own accounts ahead of their meetings, you know, whether it's Nancy Pelosi or, uh, you know, the Republicans, uh, you know, they're allowed to trade or, you know, uh, in, in Pelosi, I think, was the most followed, uh, although she's certainly not the only or the, the biggest um, uh, perpetrator of this. Uh, you know, her husband was doing trades in his name, but, you know, for their, both their benefits and, and making lots of money. Uh, is that insider trading? Is it insider information? We saw some, uh, some Republicans uh, get into a lot of hot water at the beginning of COVID in 2020 who were selling out their stock, knowing that the shutdowns were coming before they were made public, you know, all these different things. So should, should um, political officials, especially in the United States, because uh, some countries, uh, it's different, depending on the office you hold in Canada, you have to put your investments into a blind trust when you hold an office, uh, which would you know, make you an insider of government or regulatory or uh, legislative inf information. Uh, so all your money has to go into a blind trust, which means it can be invested based on broad parameters, but you can't make decisions based uh, yourself. You have to assign that to someone else. Uh, to make those decisions for you without the information you hold. So we'll have to see if, you know, any of these adoptions make it different uh, or if they take it further in, in the United States around those rules. Uh, OPEC's out there trying to, OPEC plus, I should say, is out there trying to bring Iran into the supply deal. Of course, Iran uh, moved out of the OPEC plus when the uh, Iran nuclear deal fell through uh, or that the U.S. pulled out of it. Of course, now that's trying to be revived by the United States and Iran uh, since the administration change. Uh, OPEC Plus is now trying to bring them into the deal, really just to avoid, uh, you know, bidding more on the oil supply out there uh, to potentially uh, erode the strength in the oil price right now. Uh, feds are hoping for the low inflation and lots of jobs, um, you know, strategy. We've talked about this, you know, for a year now that, uh, you know, the beginning or end of 2020, beginning of, of 2021, they're the, you know, the U.S. Fed and the Bank of Canada, you know, big, big uh, goal was to not raise rates until 2023 and, uh, and to bring back strong jobs. So keep inflation in check, 
uh, and keep you know the, the job market really strong. Obviously, that's a tough job. We, we we've talked about it. I've mentioned it many times. You know that that's you know big tall order to deliver on. And of course, now we're looking at a rate hike in in, in coming days. Uh, you know, well ahead of the 2023 original target uh, because inflation got so high. Uh, job market uh, is really strong. You know, down uh, the numbers have fallen dramatically. Uh, but as we've seen in past, when when the inflation started to increase and the job market got really, really tight, uh, it became a quick reversal where, uh, you know, all of a sudden we had, you know, closer to a recession um, type of scenario as opposed to a soft land and, uh, and the job market, you know, uh, takes off or the unemployment rates take off again really, really, really quickly. So they're still trying to juggle this, but uh, we're going to have to see how the, the coming uh, rate hikes affects things. A pickle lane, right? So uh, with all that, uh, down years are rare for both bonds and stock markets. Uh, I've talked about this quite a bit before um, that, you know, uh, I, I've got videos out there called 60-40 or balance investing. Uh, you know, the buy and hold strategies, modern portfolio theory, these all refer to kind of that, I'm going to diversify my portfolio in part bonds, part stocks, because when stocks go down, bonds go up, and bonds go down, stocks go up. But when we get into certain periods, uh, and they're becoming more and more uh, frequent in, in the last couple of decades, uh, we have both of them moving at the same time. Uh, and, and currently with, you know, kind of this hottest inflation market in 40 years has unnerved equities and bonds uh, equally. And we could see uh, both of them going into the red in 2022 uh, in general, in the broad markets. You know, again, not necessarily in portfolios. We've talked about different positions in portfolios, but that kind of 50-50 split or 60-40, which is the most common out there, you know, isn't always the safe haven. And we've seen it. Uh, on, in, in multiple markets. I mean, 2020, um, you know, when everything closed, we saw that. And obviously, 2008, between 2007 and 2009, we saw that. We saw it in 2011 during the, uh, the Greece, Greek crisis, uh, financial crisis. So um, just be aware we're headed into another one or potentially headed into another one of these positive correlations between bonds and stocks who are naturally not positively or not uh, not really positively uh, correlated. So uh, you, you might not find bonds being the safe haven. You might want them to be in 2022. So with that, let's take a look at what's coming up this week. Uh, Moderna is going to be reporting. So this will be an interesting one, actually. Moderna has been quietly in the background, <coughs> excuse me, uh, over the last, you know, almost two quarters, still, uh, you know, still, um, ramping up production and uh, having great numbers uh, with their vaccine production. They're still one of the, the top uh, producers out there. Uh, but uh, we're going to have to take a really close look at what the forecast is coming up for this year and also the capital spending plan. Because uh, we've, we've seen with a lot of these companies that have had really good earnings, we've seen costs ramp up dramatically. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, you know, we, we've seen the economy in the U.S. kind of come out with a, it's likely to have grown almost 7% in the, in the fourth quarter. Uh, so we'll keep, a, a you know, with that kind of record estimate uh, coming out, 
Uh, we're going to have to keep a really close look at what the expectations for this year are because we can't maintain that. Uh, obviously, that's driving a lot of inflation, and we're going to keep an eye on the expenditure price index, uh, which is also scheduled to come out this Friday. As I mentioned, Lowe's and Home Depot are looking to report, um, you know, most likely report a rise in fourth quarter sales uh, based on holiday demand and people continuing to do uh, home improvement projects. But as with everything, really keeping a close eye on cost uh, that they're going to be putting out and really also potential cool and how long, uh, how long can this um, housing spend uh, continue without some sort of slowdown? Uh, you know, uh, consumers are going back to work, consumers going back to travel. That means less and less budgets for those uh, for those renovations. Um, and I know myself, I'm kind of done with the home renovation since, since the pandemic. I did do a few. I was guilty to be part of the herd. Uh, but uh, I, I'm slowing down on those now. Uh, DuPont is looking to shed uh, shed mobility and materials unit for about $11 billion on a Calanese deal. Uh, DuPont is going to sell off those business units. Uh, just to focus more on its uh, high, higher margin operations, uh, probably a good idea for their balance sheet these days. GI warns of profit hit in the first half uh, from supply and labor issues. So that continues across the, uh, you know, across the spectrum. doesn't matter what business you're in these days. Um, trying to get labor and, and obviously the supply chain issues out there, you know, continue to cause problems for companies. I know I'm personally in a battle with federal expects, you know, you do did an overnight shipment uh, uh, that seven days not there. And all we get from them is ah, we don't have anyone to go actually deliver it. So, uh, you know, cautious of any service expectations you have out there, certainly not blaming the individuals. It's not their fault. Uh, but uh, companies are really struggling to uh, meet their supply and uh, labor um, labor demands uh, that they need to uh, to meet their, their clients' expectations out there. Um, as I mentioned, cool and home improvement demand may have pressure on Home Depot for 2022. So we'll look at those numbers. Uh, Deer uh, aims for bigger profits this year as uh, price hikes. Price hikes uh, power the best uh, best earnings beat ever. Uh, so Deer uh, announced their profits, uh, beating uh, all the estimates for the quarterly earnings. Um, you know, and they're expecting a big margin boost from a price hike that they put into place, basically due supply chain driven. Uh, but uh, demand remains solid for them. Uh, obviously, agriculture has not slowed down; is not likely to slow down, uh, and people will pay those higher costs. That's uh, that's part of the inflationary impact. J.P. Morgan sees higher net uh, interest income and targets, uh, and still sees higher targets uh, for its coming year. They hit. Uh, Net interest income uh, grew to 53 billion, in, uh, to, expected to grow to 53 billion in 2022, up 3 billion from prior forecasts. So uh, the financial firms continue to, uh, to rake in the money and uh, higher interest just means higher spreads for them. On the US dollar front, uh, with everything that's going on in the Ukraine, obviously that's driving up the US dollar. It's the safe haven uh, currency. We're likely to see that continue unless there's some sort of resolution, which does not look like we're going to have anything soon. Obviously, there's talks of, of uh, Putin meeting with uh, the U.S. and the U.N., uh, sorry, NATO in, in, in France, that Macron, Macron is trying to, um, you know, broker that meeting. 
uh, which they've all agreed upon in uh, in principle. But right after agreeing to that, that's when uh, when Putin kind of announced the free uh, territories and moved uh, peacekeeping troops into eastern part of the Ukraine. So um, a lot of sanctions are, are coming down. Germany's put sanctions uh, this morning on the gas pipeline with uh, with Russia. UK is moving to do sanctions. Uh, most of the native, uh, native countries, sorry, NATO countries are moving to put sanctions on uh, on uh, uh, Russia. Uh, I think Turkey's the only holdout so far, uh, but we'll uh, but we'll keep a close eye on what those sanctions are and what they mean. I know uh, uh, the U.S. I believe has put sanctions on three big uh, Russian banks and individuals uh, who are close to Putin and involved in financial dealings in the United States. Uh, so uh, we'll see more and more of these things as uh, you know uh, continue to uh, continue to play out. On the bond front, we did see the ten-year note drop a bit. Remember last week it was over two percent, down to one point nine. That's pretty much just the market saying, uh, you know, we expect the interest rate. We're fine with it. It's it's already priced in. So that first interest rate hike, even if it's an aggressive a half percent, um, you know, the market's kind of yeah, we're fine with it. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't expect too much turmoil uh, when we hear the interest rate hike uh, from uh, f- from that. Um, but we'll have to see what the messaging for the next hike or when the next hike might happen is really what's going to be the key to uh, to uh, to the next meeting from the U.S. Fed. Uh, and after record inflows, bond funds have uh, sharply reversed their over- overwhelming outflows that they've had year to date, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, bonds may be in, in uh, um, may be in for a tough year. So be very strategic with bonds. If you're using an ETF or you're using bonds, I wouldn't go the passive route this year. I would definitely look at tactical. Uh, you definitely want to um, have, uh, you know, money being shifted around. You may want to use hedging uh, in the portfolio. I, and I don't mean aggressive uh, leveraging. Um, bond managers uh, can apply different hedging strategies to lock in spreads, uh, just reduce risk in the portfolio, and also try to enhance returns. So if you're looking for some recommendations on that front, reach out to me. Uh, happy to talk to you, depending on what you're looking at using. There's several really good ones out there. Um, that we use in our portfolios and also that I'm following very closely that uh, that uh, can, can work for you. I don't highly recommend you look at doing your own hedging on fixed income. Um, it, it, it's, it's really it's really a market that it, not just from, you know, have professional hands on it, but it is such a tight market. It is, uh, it's not like the stock market when it comes to trading capabilities and volumes uh, you're really well served in a uh, in a really uh, well run uh, t- tactical bond ETF uh, over doing it kind of on your own, or even a closed end fund, which is similar to an ETF in that it trades on the exchange and have very 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 low fees for those services. So uh, so reach out to us as I mentioned on micromoney.com if you want to have more fixed income in your portfolio, want to look at different position positionings. For 2022, because it is going to be a tough year out there um, for for the fixed income side, as we've already talked about, very likely a volatile year in the portfolios. We're already up to, or, or we brought the portfolios up to, uh, I think we're at 27 
50% cash uh, as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, as we raised money into the rally before we started this, this, this downward trend. And again, not trying to market time any positions. We've just trimmed out positions that uh, ha, you know, had good runs. Um, we've re just reduced our exposures to those positions uh, and are ready to deploy that cash if, if we see uh, kind of valuation stabilize, obviously until anything happens in the Ukraine. There's no predicting what's going to happen in the Ukraine. So, you know, it's not a, it's certainly not a market time in play. We're definitely waiting for some clarity on where things are headed before we deploy that cash or the bulk of that cash. And that's not market timing. That's simply, as I've always stated, you know, managing risk is just, if not more important than managing your returns. If, uh, if the market falls 20% and you fall 20%, and the market bounces back up 20% and you bounce up 20, 20%, you're not at break even yet, right? It's not how math works because you have less capital working for you at the bottom. Where if the market falls 20% and you only fall three or four uh, and the market can come, come back up 20, and if you only catch 10 or 15 of that, you're gonna be much better off. And that's always our strategy. It's not market timing. We're simply trying to manage risk. We, we, we risk off a little bit in the portfolios uh, in, you know, in, 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 the, in the good news markets. And we will risk back on uh, again when we see clarity that we're through at least the worst of the bad news markets. And we're going to see a lot of that this year. If it's not Ukraine, as I mentioned, it's going to be messaging on, on the, uh, the interest rate, the inflation rates. And, and we can really uh, protect the portfolios or manage the risk a bit. You never protect it completely. Uh, well, you can if you get out of the market, but you know if you're trying to optimize your risk return, we want to stay on top of those numbers and uh, and make sure that we uh, we get through it as unscathed as possible and and taking advantage of the values that the the the, the volatility brings uh, to investors to take advantage of those uh, those those dips in the markets. Uh, so with that commodities to mention, oil rose again. I think I saw this morning we were just shy of the ninety three dollar mark U.S. Uh, definitely looking at $100 a barrel potentially, you know, depending on what happens or goes on uh, in Ukraine. Uh, and of, as I mentioned earlier with Iran, uh, but that could push us, uh, you know, kind of over, uh, over that hump. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on that. We're already seeing gas futures jump 8%. UK rose almost 60%. UK uh, gas futures uh, and the US benchmark gas um, uh, contracts gain 2.6%. So, you know, pretty much across the board when we talk about energy, uh, we were going into supply crunch and now we have this whole Ukraine situation happening. Uh, you know, it's just lending more and more to that, uh, to that uh, push on the energy prices. But again, if you see, if you've got those energy uh, positions like we did, we did trim them a little bit uh, and we will continue to trim on opportunity um, not get out. And if we see pullbacks, we will jump in again a little bit more. Uh, but that being said, that's true of the whole portfolio. So with that, thanks very much for joining us this week. That was our update. As always, go to mycomebunny.com for any of your ideas, comments, feedbacks, or questions. Love to hear from you. Uh, otherwise, I'll see you in two weeks. We, uh, I am off next week. I'm, I'm traveling. Uh, getting out of our temporary hold here. Just say I need a, a break during this renovation. Hopefully when I come back, we'll be close to be done the renovation. Uh, so it'll be two weeks uh, away, uh, or sorry, it'll be away one week. So uh, we'll follow up in early March and have some updates for you. But in the meantime, if you're looking for updates, as always, 
reach out to us. We're happy to answer all your questions and help you out wherever we can. Thanks, everyone. Take care.